And so we want to kind of tear that divide down. In order to do that, we've been looking at uh, hip-hop music, potentially because a lot of people would say that uh, there is no God in hip-hop music, or we, there's no way that God is moving in that way. And we've been really analyzing and seeing how God moves in different artists. So the first month, we uh, spent some time with Chance the Rapper. We uh, baby-stepped our way in. And then second month, we did Kanye West. There were a lot of opinions. We survived. And then we've been in this month, we've been with Kendrick Lamar. And it's been wonderful. Uh, last week, we had a huge conversation on the song uh, All Right and looked at the album to put the butterfly. We were going to move on and do another album this week, which we may get to, but we didn't finish our conversations last week. So we're going to do one more song today um, from To Pimp the Butterfly. We're going to do a song called How Much a Dollar Cost. Um, before I get there, I want to kind of remind us the kind of concept behind this album and where it all came from. Kendrick would say that he goes, uh, he became successful, he, he got really big off of um, Good Kid Mad City and kind of got things thrown at him. He decided to take a trip to South Africa. And while he was there, he felt like he encountered God in a new way. And he came back with this fresh perspective of he had a message to share with people. And the album, To Pick Butterfly, while it's incredibly conceptual and it's written around a poem, is also telling the story of the fact that he had success and he takes a journey and comes back with a message. And so we're gonna listen to a song today that is, uh, the setting is in South Africa. It is while he is there. And he's talking about an encounter he has. So uh, how this works, if you've never been with us, uh, if you have a phone, which I believe all of you do, um, pull it out. We're going to do go to Genius.com, or you're going to look up the lyrics to how much a dollar costs. I encourage you to follow along with those. We're going to listen to the song. Is it explicit or uh, not today? It is not. Not. We, we have the clean edited version. The lyrics are not clean and edited. You just have to read that. Um, and so we're going to listen to it together. And then it, we'll get in groups and talk about it, and then we'll talk about it as a group. Does that sound good? Questions, comments, concerns? All right, let's listen. Oh, do we want to like, address what happened with Kendrick this week? Oh, yeah, I meant to do that. Uh, Kendrick Lamar won a Pulitzer Prize this week for his album, wow. Damn, which we will lead listening to next week. So next week when we listen to it, just remember we're listening to a Pulitzer Prize winning album. It's the first non-jazz or orchestra piece to ever win a Pulitzer Prize. So we'll get to that next week. We're excited. <laughs>
for a favor. He's staring at me, his eyes follow me with no laser. He's staring at me, I notice that his stare is contagious. Cause now I'm staring back at him, feeling some type of disrespect. If I can throw a bat at him, he'll be aiming at his neck. I never understood someone begging for goods. Asking for handouts, taking it if they could. And this particular person just had a down back. Staring at me for the longest until he finally asked. Have you ever opened up Exodus 14? A humble man is all that we have for me. in groups, but before I do that, just for it, I'm going to phrase my question right. Uh, for anyone in this room, is this the first time you've heard this song? First time you've heard this? Wow. All right. Now get in groups, and you're going to have a conversation. I'm going to give you three questions to think about. You don't have to answer these questions in the group. I just want to use them as something to start. Questions we've been asking are, um, what is this person communicating about God? What is Kendrick communicating about God in this song? Was he communicating about his relationship with God? And how does that align or disalign with the way that we view God or the world or kind of our worldview? On top of that, there's some a lot of scripture, both said explicitly and implied in here. Uh, John 8, Exodus 14. Um, there's some other passages in the gospel. Feel free to talk about those or whatever stirs up in your conversation. Does that sound good? All right, getting groups ready. Go. <laughs> Yeah. And I 
and then I had to immediately oh, like, you know, listen to it. And it's like, oh, no, then I volunteered. Okay. Oh, it's such a like. It's a very quick model. Oh. Okay. Yeah. oh. <laughs> <laughs> I am a runner. Advertise. Uh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> uh, no, I'm a I think it's. We don't want to. 
you guys like one more minute there's a lot you can discuss here but one more minute
and then that's what they said. This song's got a lot in it. <laughs> I want to, before we go around in groups and share, for those of you, raise your hand again if this is the first time you heard this song. Can you give me, we, we do this sometimes, just uh, kind of popcorn style, what was like, one to two words of your first reaction to hearing this song? Especially since we have so many who've never heard this song before. Just one or two words, what's your reaction? Don't have to raise your hand, just fire away. I think based on the situation he was talking about, I thought of it as relatable. Like, I've been in situations like that before. Okay, so relatable? Who really is this homeless man? What? Who, who, really, is who really is this homeless man? Yeah. You got some questions? Other thoughts? Other first reactions? Greed. Greed? Okay. It's like meeting a lifestyle. Yeah. Some forward deep yeah, strokes here. <laughs> First time I ever heard this song, I was listening, and because it's very dense, obviously, and there's a lot of things, he's, he's going fast, he's building, and I didn't catch the pivot, and I was listening, and all of a sudden I was like, did Kendrick just call himself Jesus? <laughs> and then I immediately, immediately had to go back, I was like, okay, go back, go back, because, you know, it's a powerful song. So let's do this, just kind of, we'll start, we'll go around the groups. What's your group talking about? What stood out? What, what popped out? You can answer the questions if you want. I just want to kind of start to have a conversation as a group about what is happening in the song and how God might be doing it. So let's start with this group. What, what stood out? What was in your conversation? Anybody? Someone be. That's supposed to be. So. I mean, to me, it was relatable. I mean, and it's a story that. So, a great example. We built a house a couple years ago. Like, well, do we really need this house? Am I just building this house as a testament to how great I am? Did I buy this car? You know, feeling big as my tumbo, all that. You know, that kind of hits it right there. And then as he goes through and it turns, you know, to me, everything it went from it's about me and that's my money and I earned it and look how great I am mm-hmm. to I missed the whole point of it. And you know, where I think he's going, and I, I could be totally wrong about this, yeah. is you know how much does a dollar cost and it costs you your soul. Yeah. So if I hold on to that, then I don't help out someone else and I put myself in the position of judge and jury about who should get what. Yeah. When God's given me all this, so I mean that's that's how I conceived it. Yeah, yeah. So relatable experience. How many? I mean, we're talking about that second verse in particular, <laughs> where he's describing this interaction, right? Where he's sitting there and standing, and he's describing anger. I mean, anybody ever had an experience like that? Yeah. Come well, on. This person sat on my car in the drive-through because I wouldn't give them money. Yeah. <laughs> I was like. Oh. Were you, were you angry? I was, because like you just like I didn't have the actual cash to give him, and he was pestering everybody. But then like he sat on my car, and I was like, okay, what am I gonna do now? Like he thought it through very well, because I right. couldn't move like a person on my car. That's, that's not that's like true. hurting him. Yeah, it was a good sales point there. Yeah, it was. <laughs> I commend him for that. Yeah. Uh, I was, I was one of my, I was walking back to my apartment one night, and this guy across the street yelled at me. Yells and says, hey, can I get help? And he has this whole story. And he says, 
like 11 o'clock at night. It's like, yeah, that's fine. Four days later, I'm at a gas station, same neighborhood. Same guy walks up, tells me the same story. And I just started laughing. I just I had no other reaction. He goes, no, 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 this is serious. Like, don't laugh at me. I was like, I, this is the same story again. So like, this middle part to me, that verse is very relatable. I feel like we've all had in some way had an experience kind of similar, maybe. I may be wrong, you can push back on that. Uh, all right, what else? You, you, you have a thought? Well, it reminds me of a couple of conversations I had with my, my youngest daughter these past couple of weeks. Because mm-hmm. a couple of weeks ago, we pulled up to the Walgreens, and there was a guy outside on the sidewalk asking for money. Mm-hmm. And whenever we, whenever I'm with my daughter, like I basically scan the area first. Mm-hmm. And so I was watching before we even got out of the car, and I saw one person get down handful of cash and then I saw another person give him five dollars. And so when we walked up he asked asked me for money. I told him I didn't have anything. And we didn't make two steps past him. My daughter very loudly asked me, why did you just lie to him? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and so I explained to her what I watched him and he said he was asking for money for cough syrup. So I told her if he really wanted cough syrup by now he's had enough money. Like he's, he's collecting enough money to go get some cough syrup. So I told him I didn't believe that he was trying to get cough syrup for mm-hmm. And that's why I didn't give him money. And then a couple of days ago, we were, uh, we passed this intersection. There was two guys. One guy said he was collecting money for a bypass surgery. And the other guy had a son who said, um, I'm doing a test of random acts of kindness. Mm-hmm. And so I gave the money to the guy that was with the test for random acts of kindness. And she said, well, why didn't you give the one that wanted surgery? And I said, the second sign is sitting behind me. And it just made me think, at the same time, what am I teaching her? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I was in uh, Dallas, this is years ago, um, and me and a bunch of our friends were walking around, kind of homeless people in downtown Dallas, and it gets kind of like annoying because you just have to say no, 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 no. And I remember there was this one guy who was pretty persistent about it, um, and I, I, so I gave him like a couple of dollars, um, just like trying to get him to go away. Um, and right about that time, this car pulls in, and the guy leans out while me and this guy, the homeless guy, are still there, and said, hey, I'm about to be on empty. Uh, he's like, I'm not an explicitly bum. Mm-hmm. Like, it says this in front of this guy right here. Uh, I'm not begging for money. I'm out of gas. Can you help me out? And I had... I was like, done, you know, yeah. I was like, I can't anymore. And before I could tell him no, the guy that I had just given, the homeless person that I had just given money to, walked over and like, handed him a couple of dollars. Mm-hmm. And I was like, like, how terrible um, is that? Like, I've got plenty of money. Yeah. Um, and it's really just inconvenience. 
stories uh, about uh, C.S. Lewis as he was walking down the street one time with uh, J.R. Tolkien and uh, there was a homeless man asking for money and Lewis pulls out some money and gives it to him and uh, Tolkien looks at him and says, Jack, why did you do that? He's just going to go spend it on alcohol and uh, C.S. Lewis looked back at him and said, well that's what I was going to go spend it on. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean you guys are, that, that big question the heart of this song. So let me, I'm going to position it this way. How do you think Kendrick answers the question of the song? Mm-hmm. Not how we would answer it. I want to know, because he has a message. We can, he concludes at the end with, with a message. Is his conclusion, give money to every person you see? Is his conclusion bigger than that? Smaller than that? What? How did he answer the question? I need to go back and look at it, but I just remember towards the end of the lyrics, and we talked about this a little bit, was that the lyrics basically said, I'm, I'm saying grace, like I'm, I'm doing these things, you know, these Christian things, kind of like, what well, more? Um, so I don't know, there may have been some more specific lyrics that people are reading, but yeah. Yeah, will you yeah, read that? Exactly. Do you have it up in front of you? Will you read that last yeah, line? So. Yeah, I'll, I'll wash my hands, I'll say my prayer, <coughs> what more do you want? Tears from fire, death from God, all of you have to do, shades of gray, you never change. Doesn't change up the change. So right now. Yeah. First thing that says he's regretful. Yeah. So it's regretful. Plus, does he answer the question? He kind of gives it to God. Mm-hmm. 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 Turn the page, help him change. So right now
Yeah. I just gotta get it together. Cool. I don't know. That's the way I'm going Grace said, not always gonna get it right. There are times I'm gonna pass the, the person on the street. But also, there's times I'm gonna try and win. Mm-hmm. I think he keeps having the like back and forth that we were just talking about because he's really thinking like, you know, the whole time he says, how much is a dollar that costs? Yeah. Um, so he's like, I do want to help this person, but like, at what cost is it risking me if I help him? Like, what's he gonna spend it on kind of thing? Yeah. yeah. I think what really hits me too is the like, what more do you want from me? Um, that's what I was thinking about when we were talking about the exchanges with companies and people. It's like, I think a lot of times it's a lot more about the inconvenience of it. Oh. And like, life is hard. Yeah. Um, you have a job, trying to tend to like your spouse and be a good partner. Yeah. You have kids, right? It's like, what else? You're just trying to be a good person. Yeah. What else do you want from me? Um, and that, to me, is the part, like, a little bit of, uh, okay, I'm just going to hand this over to you, but I literally can't do anything. Yeah. So, so then, I hadn't even thought of this, yeah. I guess, but I mean, it's still the hustle, right? Yeah. I mean, this guy doesn't literally die in the album ever, you know, whatever you said before. Yeah. I mean, this is part of his hustle. He says you're potentially bittersweet. So, referencing, uh, you know, the lukewarm on this, you got my mind. Yeah. So he's, he knows the Bible, clearly. And then he goes into his lines, and that's part of his hustle. Yeah. Right? But it's also true. Mm-hmm. Well, that maybe lines up with the fact that, going by what would Jesus do? I mean, not necessarily give the dollar, but pick the person up, you know, follow me, let me, you know, embrace you, let me talk to you, you know, what's going on is, I, I don't know that, I mean, there are many stories I've seen in the Bible that, you know, go along those lines, yeah. you know, don't just give them a dollar. Right, Jesus would meet the need, not necessarily give him. Exactly. What does that mean? Yeah. And he always seems to go after the spiritual need before he goes after the physical need. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like he does... Feel the sick and feed five thousand, but like there's also faith that comes before that. Yeah, I wonder. You know, in in my sense, in some of this, there's also an imago day, an image of God conversation happening in the song. And not just it's not just a question of do you get the money; it's a question of do you see the value in that human. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Especially when he's describing yes. the human and this person he's encountering, right? He's and he's, the lyrics are very explicit of what he's seeing and what he's feeling and what and there's this pivot of like what's the value of this person and what's and Kendrick also asking the question of what's it mean to have the, the fact that he has the image of God he's made it he's successful but he still has the image of God and what does that mean I, I'll ask this question because I've never thought about it that way do you do you have a thought because yeah. if you do fire what okay. you're um, more important than me when you talk about the sign about the which one was more honest and they think about I do read those signs and a couple of them spoke to me the years. Um, like one to say this is this is just as embarrassing for me as it is for you. Um, and then one the, the most recent one was um, I'm ugly. And that this is like I'm, I'm ugly because that's why mm-hmm. you should be able to see value 
and that one spoke to me. Now I literally had to turn around and mm-hmm. had to speak words to it. Like, no, you you matter as well. Yeah. And it's interesting just like what's the concept, what's the thought behind your life. Yeah. And sometimes it is you know meeting your needs, but sometimes it's also a spoken word of affirmation. So I'm going to position this question because I never thought about it that way. Do you think in the song he encounters God, or do you think that's not the point? Because I think you're, it's art, so there's an interpretation here. It could be this is the bum's spiel, but it's still speaking truth, or is this actual moment where you feel like, hey, I've encountered God in this moment and something's happening. What do you think's happening? Right? I personally think he, he's got this in the back of his head the whole time. The whole time he's hesitant, he's obviously feeling guilt, and so he's bringing things forward to set this wall up, mm-hmm. right? And so right before you get to that, um, in time of years, um, you know, he's, the guy's coming back to him, right? Yeah. He's setting himself up, you're babbling, you know, your words aren't flattering, you know, this gimmick is not going to work, yeah. and then the guy pulls out the, the closer, yeah. right? And it probably makes him angry, mm-hmm. even angry, because he was angry before. But at the same time, he knows the guy's right, yeah. and he's he gets you know confronted with this. Okay, I don't believe your intent because I know you're trying to hustle me yeah. and, and make me feel a certain way to give you money. But at the same time, you're not wrong, and then that's to me why he goes into that that line about the shades of gray. Because mm-hmm. again, you're in this place where you're confronted with the truth where you didn't expect to get the truth and the person giving you the truth probably isn't that interested in the truth but it's still the truth yeah. and so I've got to recognize that and then do something about it. Yeah. Um, and, and I would imagine my pride would probably get in the way he talks about you know, lacking empathy and all these things like setting yourself up my pride would get in the way of that in that situation and I would say no I'm not going to give you money now because you're not going to manipulate me in reality, that's not the point. Yeah. And when it comes to pride, like the lyric, I wash my hands, like when I, I, I thought about this and then when I clicked on it, it went into more detail, but Pilate, whenever mm. Jesus is put in front of him, he says, I'm washing my hands of this. Yeah. But like, then I clicked on the thing and it goes into more detail about it, saying like, Pilate wasn't a Jew. He had no reason to believe in the Messiah, but upon meeting Jesus, he is mysteriously compelled and unsettled by him. Mm-hmm. And like Lamar in this, whenever he pulls up, he feels weird. Yeah. Like something's not right here. Yeah. Um, but then pride gets in the way. Like, And with Pilate, even though he probably knew, like, I don't, I shouldn't give this man to, man to the people to execute, but I, I'm going to keep my pride intact and let them decide what to do with this. You know? Like, instead of saying, like, we're not gonna execute this man because I'm a, I can make that decision because I'm Pilate. Yeah. But and then it goes on to say in the annotations like after Jesus was crucified, Pilate went and put a sign face of Christ that said King of the Jews. Mm-hmm. Like I, there have been moments where the Holy Spirit has convicted me, thinking like I should do some more. I should do more than what I'm doing right now. But my pride is like, no, this is my stuff. This is my money. These are my material things. Like, why should I give it to somebody who is a bum or not working as hard as me? Or, like, 
who am I to say that, you know? Yeah. And because to whom much is given, much is expected. And so I just, the pride, when you said that about pride, it just made me think, like, obviously we all struggle with it, but I just, there are moments where the Holy Spirit pricks you and, and he does it for a reason because there's something going on there underneath yeah. the covers. Yeah. Yeah. I like this notion of the self-reflection and there's always, already these thoughts going on in the back of his head and he's having an interaction. Does anyone feel like he's encountering God in the room? You had a thought? No, sorry. No, you're good. We, we were saying about that, uh, maybe that's a reference to when Jesus said, I'm the poor, I'm the widow, and I'm the There is an encounter. I don't think he really knows what to do with it. Yeah. Like, he doesn't really resolve it. I don't think he's sure. So something happened there. Something yeah. happened. Sorry, that's what I was. I, I no. think he encountered God in that mm. situation, like in yeah. that moment. And a lot of times, we just push it away, thinking like, "No, that's yeah. that's not God. That's just a weird feeling I have." You know, but yeah. I think there are a lot of times where it is God, and we need to lean into that instead of running from it. Mm. Yeah. I think so. Uh, yeah, I think he like recognizes it, but like kind of that last line. This page helped me change for my wrongs. Like he knows something's going on, he's not sure. Yeah. What to do with it. Yeah, I mean, the flip, weird talking kind of question goes how, whether or not, obviously, it's a story, and it's a song, and whether or not it's actually Jesus in rags or something, or you know, it's just the image of God. How often do we encounter God in little ways that we just don't recognize like that? Every day, right? And I feel like that's why children are able to be a lot more, not prideless, but just a lot more innocent in it because God calls us to be like children. And whenever they see somebody who's in need, they usually act upon it instead of second-guessing it or thinking like, no, those people can go in their own money or they just give. I want to zoom out in a minute, but I want to make sure that we just started this group and we <laughs> so, uh, which is great. Uh, these two groups, is there anything that we haven't talked that you guys talked about that you want to share? So either one. I have a question. Yeah. Uh, we touched on it, but we didn't really talk through the confidence at all. The, the explicit reference to uh, Exodus 14. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I still haven't resolved that question. Okay. I'm curious if anybody else. So, anybody, did people look up what Exodus 14 is? It's in the Bible. It's in the Bible. It's in the Bible. That's great. It's right here. So Exodus 14, Moses part in the waters, right? So what do you think it means? What it's just far away. You're you're wrestling with it. I love it. What do you what are you wrestling with? Uh it's so I saw we were talking about there are a couple things that were in that passage. One was Pharaoh's decision that where he changes his mind. Mm. To later on, where the Israelites are questioning, like, why did you do this? Yeah. Why did they even do that? Yeah. Uh, and so, again, like, I, I don't know. We, we talked a little bit about. Uh, I guess he was the first in that chat. Yeah, yeah, he said Exodus 14. That's uh, uh, 40 verses. He's going to be really explicit there. So, so yeah, it says a humble man is all that we ever need. Yeah. I think there's a reference back to that. Moses. Moses. Um, 
what's interesting to me is it's right there, right before the chorus, right? Mm -hmm. And the chorus, I keep thinking about the chorus, but I, I'm not sure 100% how to interpret it other than, you know, we all this stuff. Yeah. Um, but if you think about the Exodus, you think about Moses, and you think about how the Israelites, once they got out into the wilderness, were fed, they were fed with manna yeah. from heaven. That would come down, and they were told to just take as much as they needed, right? And then let the rest of it lay there. And then, you know, collect up an extra for the Sabbath day or whatever. So what I wonder is, is he getting down the path of saying, okay, you know, we're talking about Exodus pretty broadly, yeah. right? We've got a leader here. And really, what we were instructed to do is just take what we needed mm. and not anymore and store it up um, because it would just disappear the next day, which, you know, kind of gets into that. So that that's where I took it in my head. Yeah, so that there's this. I was going to say, like, just following kind of that track of, like, what is it that you need? Like, ultimately, that was Pharaoh's downfall, right? Was, like, he did not listen to God, let his people go. He did not need them, right? He just... It was accumulation for him, accumulation of like slaves there, yeah. and so going back after them was ultimately like his demise. No. I want to. I have one more thought. I want to share. We're we're running out of time. We always run out of time because there's yeah, so much here. Um, this group was there anything we didn't hit that I want to that you guys talked about that you want to make sure? Kind of voice everything we talked about. Okay, just making sure. This Exodus 14 reference, I mean, I, I do I agree with you. There's this sense of once you explicitly state, hey, there's a connection to Exodus, you're, you're finding yourself in the midst of the narrative of Exodus. But I do think it's important that he says Exodus 14. Mm -hmm. um, and I want to zoom back out to kind of what I began with with this whole conversation around this album was that Kendrick, who's grows up in Compton, and we talked about that, and when we were talking about Good Kid Mad City, you know, he leaves. He gets become successful for the first time. He gets out of the situation, and this album is kind of telling the story of now what? What do I do now that I've made it? I have money, I have power in many ways. People listen to me. I mean, if you're listening to the context of the album, the first parts of it, I mean, he's talking about what all he's doing with it and different aspects of that. But then he goes to South Africa and in real life. It's not just in the album. Goes South Africa and comes back. Just kind of a change perspective. And so when I hear this Exodus 14 reference, it's for me this moment where Kendrick's kind of understanding. I have power and a voice. Now what do I do with that? I am now a leader. What do I do with that? And I think that's also the question that we have to wrestle with as followers of Christ, is as a follower of Christ who is loving and pursuing God, that is a certain amount of power, that is a certain amount of um, status, and it's a certain amount of responsibility. And the question that he's concluding with, and we're going to get into this because it, it plays out a lot, is what do we do with that? And so it's, it is a conversation of when you encounter someone who's experiencing homelessness on the street, do you give them a dollar? But it's also a conversation of, as a follower of Christ, what is your role in the midst of the world, in the midst of the world, in your interactions? I have no answers to that. I think there's a bigger question. But I think the questions are being asked in a powerful way. And so when we're in this conversation of where is God doing in the midst of hip-hop music, like the layers in just one song here, and the questions that it's asking, I think, are powerful and important. Um, we're going to conclude next week. Man, I would spend every day on Kendrick. Next week, we are going to move on to the album Damn.
um, the Pulitzer Prize winning album, Damn. Just want to make sure we over communicate that. Um, and so we're going to see some of these themes continue to play. Uh, there's going to be a lot of. I'm going to encourage you to go listen to it. Go listen to it this week. I always encourage people to listen to it in the week. Uh, one of the fun parts of this album is that it is made to be listened to one way, and then you can listen to it backwards, and it tells a different story. And so you only have to listen to it the first way. But if you have time, listen to it, analyze. There's some references like to Israel. Like the song order backwards, though. Don't yeah. like Led Zeppelin. Yeah, this ain't Led Zeppelin. <laughs> Let me clarify. Thank you. This ain't, you're not spinning the record backwards. But and it's on Spotify both ways. So go listen to it. We're going to have a conversation. Um, if you have any questions, concerns, uh, take them up with Patrick and not me. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> so, thank you, guys.